Welcome to the PSDcast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. Now, one of the most crucial, critical aspects for hybrid and electric vehicles, wearable tech, medical devices, and anything electronic and portable that doesn't rely on non-renewable power sources is energy storage. And it's no exaggeration to say that more robust batteries will power the future, but how do we reach that new electronic renaissance? Well, you know, will lithium-ion fit the bill, or should we consider alternatives? On the line, we've got Ron McDonald, the president and CEO of Zinc 8 Energy Solutions. And from the name of the company, you may have guessed where they stand on energy storage, but we'll let them explain it. So, Ron, okay. thanks for joining us. And where do you forecast the energy storage market to go over the next decade or two? Well, I think that we're seeing a major breakthrough uh, in technology, uh, both on the renewable energy side, but also on the policy side. So what we've seen since, uh, since uh, the Paris Climate Accords is almost every nation on Earth, uh, unfortunately with the exception of the U.S., but all the U.S. states are on, uh, have agreed to treat climate change seriously, to reduce GHG emissions, um, to uh, try to provide a better life for everybody, a cleaner life. And so that means uh, replacing fossil fuel-generated electricity, by and large, uh, with renewable energy. So from a policy perspective, all of the right uh, initiatives have been undertaken. And so with those policy initiatives, it means that most governments have set very high targets uh, to reach to reduce GHGs. That means renewables. When you get renewables, it means that you have, to, you have to find a way to efficiently integrate the renewables into your grid. And that has been a long time coming. Um, with respect to the electronic side, and I want to jump over to that, lithium-ion batteries have created that tech, uh, technology explosion without any question and they will continue to do it. Um, they are the leading technology. They probably account, lithium-ion uh, non-transportation, probably account for about 90, 95% of the current market. And that is going to change very, very rapidly. But uh, so where do I see it going? Recent rulings from the uh, courts in the United States um, upholding some FERC rulings that uh, opens the wholesale energy markets in the United States to storage is a, just a mind-blower. But other things such as the increase in the efficiency of some technologies for longer-term storage uh, is opening a huge market. So to your point, where do I see this going? I see an exponential growth uh, coming out of COVID in investment in renewables, which means investment in storage to increase the efficiency, economics, and uh, its integration into the grid. Mm -hmm. so, so you mentioned lithium-ion batteries. So what sort of limitations has the technology uh, begun to run into? Well, it keeps getting more efficient all the time, just like uh, solar technology and wind technology. And it's a function of investment and it's a fun function of research. So they've been around for a long period of time. There's different types of lithium-ion batteries, and they are quite efficient. Limitations are all well known. Uh, one of them is the thermal runaway, uh, and it is a significant issue for their growth and market as the market expands, right? So as the market grows, uh, thermal runaway is an issue, and that is a real uh, technological issue that uh, companies are trying to deal with. So it's it one fire, and uh, they have suppression systems, things like that. But if you get a fire, the whole battery burns. Like, you can't put it out until it's exhausted its source of lithium, basically. Uh, so, so that means that uh, they can't, as they grow, they want to do larger applications outside of transportation. It means that they have got to have special containment buildings, special systems in place, and that will limit their growth uh, in the future. 
as the market expands into longer duration. Second thing is their power to, ener- uh, their power to energy ratio is one-to-one, which means this. It means that if you need uh, 10 kilowatts of storage, you have to have 10 kilowatts of power. If you need 20, but you still only need 10 of power, you have to double your power. So at some point, because they haven't decoupled the power to energy, at some point they become too expensive against other technologies and larger applications. And that's going to be a real wall for them. And I think they recognize that. Um, and, uh, and also more on the recyclability side and on the security of supply chain. So recyclability, increasingly jurisdictions are saying, uh, you know, if you produced it, you've got to recycle it. And so there's, you know, there's a number of uh, metals that are in there uh, that would need to be recycled and perhaps not inexpensively, uh, but it's a cradle-to-grave type world that we're now emerging into. You produce it, you've got to remediate against it at the end of life. Uh, and I think the other thing is, is some of the exotics that uh, are in those batteries have become a bit of a concern from a security supply. I know in the United States, I keep hearing, and, and we have a subsidiary in the United States, um, and what we keep hearing <clears throat> is from government and from DOD and other officials, Department of Defense, is they want a supply chain that is secure. They don't want to be building a market on renewables and a market over on storage to support the economics of renewables uh, if the supply chain can be used in a geopolitical fashion. Quick point, a few years ago, uh, China was, still is the number one producer of rare earths. You, near, you need rare earths for, for like wind turbines and other technology. Uh, and you can't have permanent magnets, which are needed. So they had a little bit of a territorial uh, waters dispute uh, with Japan. They cut Japan off overnight. Japan was consuming 62% of all of the uh, uh, globally produced um, um, rare earths. So the government of the United States is increasingly saying, look, we are moving towards this, but we've got to do it in a fashion that is supporting those technologies, which are not going to be subject to that type of hijack in a, in a geopolitical dispute with a foreign nation. So some of those things will have some impact on, uh, I think, the growth of lithium ion batteries. Right. So your company name is Zinc 8 Energy Solutions, and, and you bill yourself as the leader in zinc, uh, zinc air battery technology. So we, we know where you guys are coming from. So what are, what are some of the main perks of zinc air batteries? And, and to your point, how, how do they improve on lithium ion? Well, we're not going to compete with lithium-ion. Lithium-ion, uh, basically, in most applications, uh, they are the most competitive in four-hour and under storage. Once they hit four hours in the current configurations globally, they're not competitive with other technology. So, so the market up to now has been for up to about four hours of, uh, of storage, and they're, they're the best at it. Once you hit over four hours, they become cost prohibitive, and it's because you're it, you're using that to put in bigger installations that need longer duration storage than four hours on things like remote microgrids, uh, CNI, commercial industrial, that means behind the meter, and also big utility, big, big utility. So they can't compete effectively over four hours. Where our company comes in, we've developed a very different system. Uh, we're, we are the only zinc air uh, battery <clears throat> that is um, offers not just the performance, but also the cost that's required in order to support the remote microgrid, CNI, and utility requirements. So we're an eight-hour-plus battery. And when I say eight-hour-plus, we can go 100 hours, which, is, uh, which changes the whole dynamic. Uh, 
of, uh, of the global energy storage market. The material that we use is abundant and it's cheap. We use zinc. Zinc is not toxic. Uh, we use uh, uh, KOH, which is uh, as, a, as, as, our, um, ca- as our electrolyte. Uh, that basically is a salt. It's a potash. Uh, so it's, it's non-toxic. Uh, there's, our battery can't burn. It's mostly water. Uh, it's benign. So all the materials that we got are abundant. Uh, they're not, they're, 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 you know, they're base metals, basically, all of which can be sourced in North America uh, and actually all in the U.S. So we've been able over the last, and we've been around on, behind the curtain as a private company for a number of years and trying to figure out how do we produce a, a battery that will open up this long-duration storage market for utilities and, and things like large microgrids. So we've got 20 patents. Uh, we've got four pending, three being written. And the big thing for us is that we have decoupled uh, the energy and power. Lithium-ion hasn't. Uh, the other zinc technologies haven't done that. We have patents on this. Um, and the other battery that has done it, flow batteries, and we're a flow battery, uh, they have done that. But their cost of electrolyte, because of the, the metals used, is extremely high. Like a vanadium flow battery is a great battery, uh, but the cost of its electrolyte can be up to 60% of the overall cost of the battery. Ours is under 10%. It's around 8%. So a lot of research. We spent about $80 million over the last 8 to 10 years, and we are now ready for market. Um, and we're getting huge amounts of attention. We just won a big uh, contract award uh, from uh, NIPA. Uh, there was 100 applicants. They were looking for a six-hour non-lithium storage. 60 companies qualified. We won the award. So we're building out the first major demonstration with New York Power. And it'll probably be done somewhere in upstate New York, soon to be announced. And we want another one with a private sector company or with, uh, through NYSERDA, another New York uh, agency. And that is to develop another alert system, 100 megawatt, uh, 100, sorry, 100 kilowatt, uh, 1.5 megawatt uh, system. So both of these uh, attest to the fact that the, uh, the factors that we have been able to create both on um, the robustness of the battery and the performance and the cost uh, is opening up that long-duration market. And since we've won those two awards, uh, the world is coming to our, to our, to our portals on, the, uh, on our webpage. So we know that that is where the major growth is going to happen. And I think most of the industry analysts now believe that that is where the major and, and, and uh, global growth is going to happen over the next 5 to 15 years. Yeah, very nice. Well, Ron, before I let you go, let's talk about the, the future of energy storage, which, which we're, I, I'm assuming zinc air will be a significant part of. What kind of futuristic technology um, or applications would be ideal for zinc air batteries? Or, or you know, are they pretty versatile across the board? Yeah, anything that's over eight hours, we're able to deliver the most economic of anything outside of Pump Tiger, which is a dam or like a compressed air, which both are locational. One you have to have an abandoned mine, and the other one you have to have, uh, you have, to have a dam. <clears throat> so, so they are the, the cheapest, but they're very much geographically re- uh, um, uh, restricted. So for us, we're going to continue to develop our technology. Um, the, the interesting thing with our technology that we're developing, we're continuing to refine, uh, putting money into, is the greater, the larger the amount of storage, the cheaper the cost gets for the overall system. As an example, uh, at eight megawatt, uh, sorry, eight hours of storage, 
uh, we're at about $250. That is a breakthrough price. And we go over to 30 hours, we're at $100. We go over to 40 hours and above, we're $85. So what that means is that as we continue to develop this, we are uh, we can tap into a $12 trillion market just in transmission and distribution upgrades. And that's the number that has been identified by uh, the, the Department of Energy in the United States. So this is a brand new market. I think that the fact that we're first in it and we're drawing a lot of the attention, hopefully, will, will lead to uh, the type of investment and other really interesting technologies that I'll have to compete with in the future, and I want to compete with them. That's going to change the way that we generate and we move electricity, how we store it, and how we price it to the consumer. Oh, excellent. Well, thanks, Ron. On behalf of PSD, I, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and healthy, and have a great day.